Welcome to the, the Youth, youth ministry, ministry in Motion podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. Well, welcome in, youth workers. Glad to be with you. Still 2020, right? Yes, it is just the beginning of all the goodness here at the Youth Ministry of Motion Podcast. So glad you could be with me today. Uh, if I could tell you what this episode is about, if I could label it, if, if there was enough room in the title, I would simply label it two youth workers, two passionate youth workers talking about youth ministry. Because my guest today, Lanita Abuchabake from Australia, my first international guest here on the podcast, is super passionate about young people and is super passionate about helping youth workers like yourself add value to uh, the educational system and uh, to parents and students in your community by taking on maybe the role of a youth coach, uh, parenting, uh, helping uh, parents coach their kids through various things. And we talk about that in the latter half of this, I've put a little uh, in the show notes there, I've put a little schedule, if you will, of uh, where we're at, what we talk about in this whole episode. I know it's a lengthy episode, but listen, when you have somebody like Lanita on the show, you just want to keep her around. And when you listen to her talk and you and you are you will be. Uh, so pleased and so enthused by her passion, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna become passionate yourself. And so she offers some tips and advice. I mean, all kinds of great ideas uh, and inspiration. And then, like I said, in the latter half, uh, we talk about how to maybe start uh, your own coaching and your own um, uh, ministry of maybe being in uh, assemblies and things like that and adding value to the school system in which you uh, preside. So, uh, and move beyond, you know, youth ministry. I mean, you, you may be young, you may be old, doesn't matter, but maybe you're looking to start another career that deals with young people and, and maybe this will inspire you to uh, either have and start one now parallel to your youth ministry within the church, or it will prepare you maybe for a future ministry that you might have. So I hope that you will uh, listen through and simply be inspired by what Lanita has to say. Also, before we jump into that, I want to remind you uh, that coaching is coming up. Ministry-Minded Coaching is starting the 14th. If you are interested, there'll be a link down in the show notes for that. Uh, it's If you want to come in and kick the tires for a night, you can start this Tuesday. It's the 14th, January 14th. Come in, kick the tires for a night. Get your throw your question that has been bugging you, haunting you, keeping you awake at night into that session, and you will have a community of people who will be able to help as well as myself, uh, just sitting there listening and then helping you move forward in that. So, if that is uh, available uh, to you and you say, I want some more of that, then you can purchase a three month uh, session, uh, it'll go through March, and uh, I think it will benefit you greatly. So, let's go ahead and jump in to this wonderful conversation with Lanita Abuchabake, and she is about to rock your socks off. All right, everybody. Uh, we are here with the lovely and first international guest here on the Youth Ministry of Motion podcast, Lanita Abuchabake. Welcome in, Lanita. Thank you, Paul. It's so exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, and uh, we discussed earlier, and I, I, I want our listeners to know this as well, uh, that we are keeping your country in prayer uh, as you are, um, you know, going through these tragic uh, fires and whatnot. Uh, it's it's just a sad, sad situation. We hope and pray that it comes to an end very, very soon. And um, is there anything specifically we can uh, we can keep in our thoughts and prayers for you for your country? Yeah, thank you so much for that. I think um, you know keeping keeping the families affected by the fires and especially the firemen as well. We have a lot of Americans and Canadians flying down to our country too, leaving their families to help out. So yeah, just keeping all of them in their prayers and, and donating wherever possible as well. There's a lot of, you know, trusted links out on social media too. So yeah, we're just very thankful that we can have communities, especially individuals like yourself that are keeping, yeah, just the families in their prayers. 
Yeah. Well, I'll put some of those trusted links in the show notes. So if our listeners would like to, and our viewers, by the way, would like to donate, uh, we'll make sure that gets to them um, awesome. to be able to do that. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so and, much. And for speaking, that. and I did not even, I mean, we're just assuming that I mentioned your, your country. Tell us exactly where you are from. Yeah. So I, I'm situated in Sydney, Australia. Um, and I'm out like in the Western suburbs of Sydney, about half an hour out from the CBD. And yeah, that's where I'm located at the moment. I've, I've been born and raised here. So um, although I don't look Australian, the typical, you know, stereotypical way of what an Aussie looks like, I was, <laughs> I come from a Middle Eastern background, but I was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Okay. Well, I, what does a typical Aussie look like? I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm confused. I mean, what, I, do, what, do they look different? What, what does an Aussie look like? I'm actually quite, I'm quite surprised you asked that question because usually a lot of people just assume, you know, the fair bl blonde hair, blue eyes kind of, oh. you know, um, very fair features. Uh, I guess that's what we've kind of been hit with the stereotypes down in Australia. Oh. Um, but yeah, when I meet people overseas, when I'm traveling a lot, the last thing they would think I am is Australian unless they obviously hear my accent. But a lot of the time I rarely even get Australian which is interesting. I like to play around with that too. It's quite fun. <laughs> you mess, you mess with people. Okay. Good for <laughs> yeah. you. Good for you. Uh, so yeah. And so we met uh, a while back uh, through Facebook, I believe um, mm. that you have, uh, you have a, a deep passion for working with teenagers um, as do I. And uh, we wound up connecting on Facebook. You have a great Facebook group, which we'll talk about here just a little bit, uh, because we want both our listeners and our viewers to be able to uh, connect with you there. But you do, we talked about this, and um, there are some, uh, uh, I, I guess I was cautious in a way when I had listed some of the topics, things you want to talk about, and you said, hey, I would love to talk about my youth ministry background, because a lot of times uh, people in business spaces or people in uh, coaching or entrepreneurial uh, things like that maybe don't 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 um, don't have a faith element don't or don't like to mm. you know put that out for people and I was so pleased that you wanted to talk about your and I'm, I'm sure our viewers and our listeners are excited now because they want to know how does youth ministry get done in Sydney Australia I'm sure they're listening now so <laughs> like they want to pick up some tips here but tell us a bit about your 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 journey in uh, in youth ministry what were you part-time were you full-time were you uh, a volunteer yeah, um, I'm definitely so excited to share this because I don't get this opportunity often, you know, speaking faith-based church ministry youth groups. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. I guess my journey started off in, in high school. You know, I was, I was a student leader. I was always volunteering with, um, with the church events that were happening within our school. So I went to a Christian school, um, Catholic school specifically, and we did have a lot of religious events happening so I was quite fortunate to always be around that type of environment and helping out with the school-based events um, and then when I when I started to transition out from high school into obviously my adult life I wanted to give back to the community I, I loved working with kids and I found that at that time the only opportunity that I had other than teaching was working in church youth groups so at that time, there was no active youth group in my local parish. And I just approached the, the parish priest and I said, Father, where are the kids? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, Lenita, we, we try and we struggle to get them. And I said, but there are kids. So there's so many kids in our community. Give me the responsibility. I'll handle it. Because I've always came from a, from a student leadership role and I loved motivational speaking and my, my PE teaching job. So I said, you know what, I got this, let me do it. And he's like, go for it. So basically from that, I started off just, you know, updating on social media, inviting people. I had, I was fortunate to have a couple of friends who were quite experienced in youth ministry as well to come help me out. And my role started off as a volunteer. And then I started in on a part-time, I got promoted to part-time and I was fortunate enough to have a lot of people show interest. And then that kind of took me to meeting different families, going out to schools. I was even um, given the opportunity to travel to the Holy Land and lead a, a group of youth leaders to the Holy Land, which was such a blessing from my wow. end. Yeah. So 
all because I approached the parish priest and I said, where are the kids? <laughs> and that's kind of how it started for me. Wow. That is, uh, let me tell you what, that is exciting. And I noticed too that we have, <clears throat> and I, I just realized this, that we have similar backgrounds. Uh, I also, I grew up in the Catholic church uh, mm -hmm. and I was a PE teacher for, a, oh, wow. for, 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 I think I was a PE teacher in two different schools uh, for multiple years there. And so, uh, so I just realized I was like, well, wow, maybe because I'm old, I have to like think back and go, well, that was <laughs> one of my jobs. Yeah. I was a, I was a PE teacher. So, uh, but I, I, I love that, that you got to go to the Holy Land with, now, I don't know, or, or I would imagine there's like extra security if there are youth leaders who work with teenagers at the Holy Land. It just seems like mm. that the Holy Land needs protecting from crazy youth leaders who like want to want to do silly things that you know maybe you ought not do i don't know yeah they they look security in general in israel is quite strict so when it comes to pilgrims you know there are pilgrims coming in and out of the country you know hundreds thousands of them every day so there are certain systems in place um yeah. but i guess that will come through from the churches and the school groups a lot sure. of school groups go so yes. yeah the schools will handle it from that end but definitely um you know taking care of the leaders sometimes is actually much harder than taking care of the kids <laughs> so that's a whole different topic you you nailed it there Lenita. that's the that's the deal uh, i'm sure those that are special instructions for the for the youth leaders like don't touch anything <laughs> don't touch anything <laughs> nothing leave it alone <laughs> uh, <It's> so true <laughs> so so being a youth leader and being um, a PE teacher later on, what then, what do you think started this passion for you for, for students and then for families and then into coaching? Where do you think, what's the, where do you think the why is in all of that? Mm. What's, what's, the, what's the impetus to that? Great question. I think, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons as to why I stepped into this type of industry. I think growing up, you know, so I had so many setbacks on paper, but for some reason I always beat the odds because it always just came down to the leaders, the leaders I had in my life, right? And the mentors that I had, whether in family or in all my friendship groups. And that was the only reason why I was able to bounce back from particular hardships. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm no more smarter or more special than someone else. It's only because I had great leadership. And if I can gift that to kids who might be missing out on that, then I honestly think a bit of a selfish gain as well. It's just, it gives me so much satisfaction. You know, if I could really give back what I was blessed with growing up and I really just wanted to kind of just, you know, continue that light that was given to me when I was younger. And I think just naturally that's where I get my most passion from just helping young kids. Well, and two, I, 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 you know, I think that youth leaders, and I think teachers as well, you know, because I think youth, youth pastors, youth leaders, teachers, I think there's a calling involved there mm. that because of the things that we, you and I have overcome, we look and go, we could help. We, we've yeah. overcome some things, right? We've done a few things. We've faced life's uh, trials and we've overcome some, some we've not overcome yet, uh, but we feel like we can pass that on. Um, what do you think, what do you think a challenge, uh, and I'm going to go off script here for you, but what do you think you overcame? What do you think you pass along to, cause you do teen coaching and, and, uh, and, and parents and so forth. What do you think you grew up with? And what, what is something you think you overcame that you say, let me tell you this story, or let me tell you this thing mm. that I overcame to a young person. Yeah. I love this so much, Paul. I think the biggest thing for me was recognizing how much I'm already loved in my life. Like I, and not playing the victim. And that's the biggest thing with a lot of young adults and a lot, a lot of young kids. When bad things happen, they start questioning, why is this happening to me? Why can't I have what someone else is having? And I found, you know, specific examples growing up. I grew up with divorced parents. We weren't financially stabled. And, and I always kind of felt like in the beginning, I thought I was a burden. But then I started to be taught properly with my mentors, especially my mother. You know, it was never a reflection of who I was as a person. And very early on as a kid, I recognized that I'm already enough and I'm loved. Like that's pretty big for a kid to really catch on and actually understand. And so that's what's kind of 
pushed me to plant those seeds in young kids now and saying to them, you are enough, you are loved, especially through the faith. You know, you're already whole and complete. And, and as a reflection of God's image, you know, teaching them that type of topic, that content will move mountains. And, this, and that consistency in those messages will compound later on in their life. And so I was just really fortunate to be having those messages drilled into my, my head very early on in my life. Yeah. Well, that is a powerful story. I, I think, you know, uh, that so much of what we do is empowering students to simply believe that they are enough. Just like you said, they're enough, they're valuable, they're already loved. I, it's, and, we've, and I'm sure we've both talked and our listeners and viewers have all met these kids that are in their youth groups right now who simply don't believe that. They mm. just, they are, they are struggling uphill with all the messages and with all the things they hear from their friends or it's on social or it's in the, wherever it is in their culture, that they're simply mm. not enough. They always have to become something more to be yeah. valuable, to be those things. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. And I noticed, and, um, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, it's just something you know. I still witness in young kids today, and and until you have you sit down and have like real raw conversations with them, and and allow them to express themselves, and you know share with share with you why they're thinking those type of things. Until you really have those face to face moments, it's just all surface level stuff. You know, the content, the the spiritual instruction, it won't really stick until you really kind of remove all the external layers and actually get to know the kid. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got to strip away all that other stuff and let that mm. kid know, I see you. Exactly. Wow. Yes. That gives me goosebumps. But yes, I see you. I hear you. You know, that's what they want. They want, they, they crave being heard. They crave being seen. Yeah. So when you become their mirror and step out of, you step in front of all the content and the fancy stuff on paper, you'll be amazed what you can find out about a child, a teenager. You know? uh, right. And that is a great gift too, by the way, I, I, that when a teenager shares with you something about themselves, that is a true gift because mm -hmm. they don't normally, if you, if they tell you something that's uh, bothering them or an insecurity, I mean, that's brave for a teenager mm -hmm. to do because they say, well, who can I trust with this? You know, if I post something online about who I really am, I'm just going to get obliterated possibly by trolls or by other people. But when a, mm. a teenager tells you something, uh, that's just a gift. It, I, I don't think I we think realize so. that. And those that are watching and those that are listening don't understand the gift that it is, that if they entrust you, if they give you trust, that is a, that is a unlimited, uh, valuable, uh, can even be quantified gift that we have from students. I think so. Yeah, I think it's the biggest blessing and the biggest compliment, you know, that's a reflection of the type of leader that you're showing up for these kids. And I know like we're very much underestimated as the type of impact we're having in the world. And sometimes we don't get recognized for the incredible work we do with kids, especially in churches. And I find that when, when it does get tough, I've always had to kind of reflect back on what was that last conversation I had with a kid? What was that last win that they got in their life? Like I have to get back to the basics and say, this is why I'm in youth ministry or this is why I'm coaching or speaking in schools yeah. because that's that one child, that one transformation, that's what's going to pull me through here. And it's just, it's one of the most rewarding, if not the most rewarding role is just, you know, helping and empowering young children. That's right. Watching them grow, watching them grow and staying, yeah. sticking with them through life and ups and downs and, and all that. I notice in your, uh, in your business in your coaching business uh, and helping youth leaders uh, create youth coaching businesses so they can, they can, you know, extend and, and, and uh, extend their influence beyond the local church where they can impact families. Maybe that don't go to their church, the educational system, all those kind of things. There are three words there that I, I picked up on, which is healthy, confident and resilient what, mm. what is it about those three words that says you know what this is really what kids need this is why yeah. this is how they become successful why is it those three words i find you know in my in my personal opinion what i've witnessed is behind every empowering leader or someone that's successful in society they get the basics right in their life you know that we're not going to be happy 24 seven, but when we know how to establish tools and systems and routines in place, we can bounce back from hardships. 
you know, I really personally think that emotional intelligence is what forms the foundation of success. And if we can invite that and bring that into a young person's life as early as possible, that is the greatest gift we can give them because once emotional intelligence is in place and self-education and self-worth, they will go on and achieve whatever it is they want to achieve and you can't stop them. And I find that that's what I push with my own youth business and also what I'm helping educators and leaders understand as well. This is, these are the gifts we need to give to the kids. And let's just focus on that because they're remarkable. They are so talented, these teenagers. They are driven. You just need to give them permission and be their mirror and they can handle it. We just really need to give them a little bit more credit. Kids can handle more responsibility more things you can give them to do within your context of your youth ministry or your church and push them up front a little bit. Let them do some of these hard, hard things. And I always mm, tell youth I, leaders, I say, look, there's nothing you do as a youth leader that a student couldn't do with a couple of, a couple of lessons. So you know? true. <laughs> Which should humble most youth leaders, by the way, <laughs> nothing, not including preaching. There's virtually nothing you can do that, that a kid can't do if you just mentor them a little bit and then give them a shot to do it. Amen. I can't agree even more like placing them above us, you know, really putting them at the forefront of the movement and allowing them to have autonomy over their learning, whether it's in spiritual instruction or in the academic classroom, they will honestly surprise you. And when, when you've established that rapport and respect with them, they'll show up even more because they want to impress you because they love you as their mentor. You know, it doesn't matter what platform you're in. I use the same approach and model in a school setting, in my sporting clubs, in my ministry. It really doesn't matter the demographics with the kids. All kids are wanting the same thing. So you just need to adapt to that environment, but use the same model in place. And that connection and rapport will be, bu- will be built and that's what's going to amplify your ministry with the kids. So tell us now, you, ke- you went from, you, you were a school teacher. How long were you a PE teacher for? Um, so I've been, in the, I've been in education for the last 10 years. So I still am considered a teacher. Like I, I don't teach full time, but purposely right. every few weeks to months, I will pop in as a substitute. And a lot of people won't know why I do what I do. So I guess sharing that I I pop in purposely to plant the personal development and spiritual seeds. And I kind of expose kids to certain platforms that I'm exposed to as a, as a influencer myself. So I just go in and pop in and say hi to the kids. Um, But as a substitute purposely, I'll go and do it as a substitute just to kind of have that face to face interaction with kids but then in addition to that, my, my actual majority of my time is taken up in my youth coaching and speaking. So um, I still travel out um, and teach, but very so often. And that's another thing we share in common. I am also a substitute teacher. I love it. <laughs> uh, and, I, and really, in reality, I became, well, first of all, I needed the money at the time. And I've done it for several years. But man, there's nothing like seeing teenagers in their home environment. We see kids at church. It's another thing to see them in the wild. It's another thing to see them in, in their element. And yeah. as a youth leader, you have a, uh, I would encourage at le- every youth professor should substitute teach at least once, at least <laughs> once, to simply say, look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to get, I mean, look, you, you have most, I don't, I don't know, but, but I'd say majority of the time, kids come to youth group because they want to come to youth group. And, mm. but when you have a bunch of kids in a classroom who are forced to be there <laughs> by law <laughs> or otherwise their parents, uh, that's an entirely different story. Not all <laughs> those kids there are there to see you or exactly. be your friend or any of those things. And just exactly. wait till, just wait till, uh, just wait till one student tells you, no, no, I don't feel like doing that. That's mm. I just, you know, and then you have to write them up or you have to, you know, it's a totally different. <laughs> it, it's hard. Like, like shout out to the substitute teachers that are going to be listening or watching. Like we got you, we feel you. It's, yes. it's much harder than people think it is. And so you need more credit. Um, but it's so rewarding too, because there's a little bit of a, a calmer approach and a little bit more flexibility for the kids. I know they take advantage sometimes because there is that flexibility, but at the same time, they're more inclined to come to you and ask for your advice because they think they're not going to see you in a, 
you know, the next day. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's great because we have that platform that we can utilize and leverage. Yeah. Well, yeah and I always <laughs> love it too. When, when kids, when you become, and I, by the way, if you are a substitute teacher and, and you want to be a substitute teacher, the goal is that when students start asking if Mr. Turner is going to be here, you know, you have arrived. You have, of course. they want you as the sub <laughs> because they have gotten to know you and you've gotten to know them. That's the goal. Yeah. I love start, it. It's, they, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I've, I've experienced that too. And sometimes you try to not, you try to kind of quiet down their excitement because you don't want to have other colleagues, you know, kind of being like, Oh, why do the kids love you so much? Cause that's, what's going to happen. That's what happens. Why do you connect to kids so much? And um, why do they love you so much? Why don't they have the same excitement for us? <laughs> it happens. It still happens for me. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not, I do know. I'm very aware of how I show up. I know the reasons why they connect with me so much, but you can't really kind of say that to people because it comes across as boasting. So whoever has that connection with kids, if you have kids, it, you know, uh, yelling out of excitement that they have you whether it's because they want to be a little bit more laid back in the classroom or they yeah. just want to have a conversation it's still a massive win because you've given them a safe environment to be in exactly and it's and it's about loving right kids know when you're there for the money you're there for the yeah. job and mm. they know when you love them when mm. you don't have to write up everybody in the classroom you don't have to stand on a table and get angry and you don't have to do they just know and I think, you know, people of faith, you know, have, I should say, people who have a calling uh, towards teenagers, kids know. Kids yeah. know when oh. you have an affinity with them. I love that so much. Yes, that's, that's something that I love to talk about in terms of how you show up. Because they, you can't fake it. Like, you might fake it for a little while, but they'll, they can see and they will call BS when they see it. You know, yeah. they, they witness everything. And even if you think you're being perfect offline, they'll go and look at you on Facebook or Instagram and they'll find yeah. that picture that you might have at a local club or whatever it is. Like they'll be stalking you, you know? Yeah. So you've got to be very mindful of how you're showing up and be in alignment and be transparent. That's right. um, but yeah, I think in terms of how to show up, that's oh, I just remi just remembered. I have I have five key factors that I love to share with leaders on oh, on how please. to truly show up. Yes. Um, I've always led my <laughs> educational movements with my heart first, and my head will come second. So, what mean, what do I mean by that is bringing your content alive by showing up as a human being first, and then all your instruction will come second. So, um, I've created this five-step checklist, my heart checklist on helping youth leaders really connect authentically, doesn't matter which platform. Um, and it's allowed me to be successful in any type of educational platform that I've tapped into. So number one in my heart checklist is to, you know, show up with humility, really make it clear to these kids that you're, you're here to serve them. You're here to elevate them. The whole entire movement is all about these kids you're only going to use yourself as a vehicle to help them from point A to point B and, and really kind of make that clear, you know, put them on a pedestal and remove as much ego as you can. That's hard. We're only human beings, yeah. yep. but remove, you know, that, that entitlement as much as you can as a youth leader. Um, so that's the first point in, in that checklist and a really practical way on how to do that is very simple. You tell them you're there for them. You tell them, this has got nothing to do with me. Like I'm your, you're my boss. I work for you. And when you tell that to a kid, they're like, what? You, what's this person on? Like, are you, what? <laughs> and you get their attention, you yes. know? So it doesn't have to be a fancy practical tool. It's literally telling them, you know, I work for you. What do you want from me? Like, let's, you're my boss. Let's, let's work it out. So yeah, I do that all the time. Surprise the kids. And honestly, it works. So that's the, the humility part of the checklist the second one is to be empowering like show up with a lot of um, inspiration and not force you know education already especially in the faith it's very forced on our kids they're turned off they don't want to be there and 
the last thing they want to hear from you is another lecturer. So in terms of how to show up with empowerment is to celebrate their personal growth and embed, you know, a lot of their journey into your movement as much as you can. Cause we know kids are busy. We know that they love social media or they've just, you know, they're too obsessed with TikTok or whatever it is. Like we try to bring their movement into our movement as much as we can. And yeah, being empowering just basically means coming from an inspirational angle rather than forced. Yeah. Um, the second one, which is one of my favorite ones is uh, being authentic. So being authentic basically means showing up with your heart on your sleeve, you know, not really projecting your crap onto the kids. Cause that would be terrible. We know that as adults, yes. we don't want that, No. but, <laughs> but it basically means, you know, really just showing up with a lot of emotion and, and leveraging as many meaningful moments and goosebump, goosebump moments that you can in the youth group or in the classroom. Yeah. A great example on how to do that is to share stories, um, share testimonies, which is great for our ministry, help the kids share their own stories as well. And I love that because that's how growth and healing happens by sharing, by teaching. Sometimes you just need to have someone share and talk about it. So yeah, little things like that, leveraging the imperfect moments will help you be very authentic. Getting a bit croaky in the, in the voice, being a bit sensitive on stage, you know, being nervous, like you just show up with so much truth and don't try to hide imperfections because that's the only way these kids will connect to you through your imperfection. Yeah. So that's um, one of my favorite parts of the checklist. The, the fourth part of this checklist is being responsible to some extent. We have kids rocking up to our classes or youth groups and we are quite responsible for their spiritual and personal growth. Um, I know a lot of the time we think we're just delivering instruction, but we're here to help them apply tools to their everyday life. And this is why a lot of platforms fail because they're not helping them really apply that, you know, how is this going to make me a better person? How can I utilize this teaching into my everyday life? And so a practical way on how to be responsible for that is to allocate practical steps that they can actually implement. Sit down with them for five to 10 minutes of your group session and actually say, this is what I want you to work on. Your first step or two steps maximum. It's not homework. It's not going to feel forced. And you just kind of hold them accountable for the following session and just follow up. You know, that might be praying a decade of the rosary every night. You know, that might be waking up with gratitude. Um, maybe it's do the sign of the cross before your meal, like little, very easy, simple steps that they can embed. And when you help a young kid achieve a quick win, that's yes. going to boost their confidence tremendously. And that's all you really need to do. And when you follow up the next week, it's, they know you're going to follow up with them. And most of the time they're excited to share with you what they did. And that's, what's going to help them grow even further. So being responsible comes with a lot of accountability and that will boost your role as a youth leader too. Cause they can teach you a thing or two, you know, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, they can. Yeah, it'd be crazy. And then the last point in the checklist is being transparent, which we've kind of spoken about showing up with a lot of, you know, truth and in alignment with your own personal life. So you can't preach the faith as effectively if you're not practicing it yourself. And I see this a lot in Christian schools. There are a lot of teachers who don't believe in the faith or do not practice it. And they're teaching religion. This is why there's a disconnect because the kids know you're not a Christian or you're not, you don't believe in the content or you don't practice it to some extent, you know, Teaching kids how to pray, that might be in, an, in a form of gratitude or mindfulness in, in your life. So if you can embed that as much as you can, that's when the content will become real and will stick. So showing up with a lot of transparency and don't try to fake it. And that will just come down to how you show up daily, you know, taking care of yourself, filling your own cup. This is a little bit more of the, the leader's end, the more personal end, yeah. but filling your cup every day and then showing kids how to live. Don't just tell them. Tell the, show them what you actually did in your morning routine. Map it out on the board. I always share my morning routines with kids, my nighttime routines, um, little routines when it comes to mass. You know, church etiquette 
is so important, but it's just not practiced. <laughs> the amount of kids that walk into the pews and do not genuflex. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. For them. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I'm like, guys, mm. if you saw a king and would you just walk past the king and not acknowledge him? They're like, no, no, we'd obviously bow or say hello. I'm like, yeah. that's what Jesus is. That's who Jesus is in the church. You need to stop and bow or genuflect, you know, little things like that. So um, I would share these stories and these examples with kids and, and obviously do it myself. So when they're in my presence, they can witness it and not just tell them. You have to be a practitioner. So, yeah. They're going to know of course, if you're a practitioner yeah. or not. And that oh. there's so much good here. I mean, Lindy, we could stop here. We're not going to stop here, but let me just tell you what <laughs> you just delivered just a, just, I don't even know what to call it. A, a, a wisdom bomb. You just dropped a wisdom bomb on these youth leaders here that if they can put those five things, it's simple. I, I was writing them down even as I was, I was thinking about because I was thinking if every youth leader would do this, how much, not only how much easier would their job be, but how much, growth they would see in themselves and oh, yeah. in the students that they lead. Definitely. Uh, I, yeah. I love the quick win. Give the kids a quick win. They mm -hmm. don't have to know everything. They don't have to do they, It doesn't have to be done perfectly. If they can do that one thing, build confidence. I can do another thing or I can mm -hmm. do it longer. Right. I can pray a little bit longer. I can read scriptures a little bit longer. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and taking those baby steps. That's just, I think that's just great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's that makes me so happy that you love that because yeah, it's so simple. And I think we just get caught up with a lot of pressure, like placed on us as leaders Yeah. and we just got to come back to the basics and yeah, we'll, we'll enjoy our role so much more um, and alleviate a bit of pressure by delegating these tasks to these kids and they'll do it for you because they love you. That's right. They will do things for you, even if they don't understand it all. But because of love, because Lenita said, or because Paul said, I want you to try this. I want, I want you to check. Mm. They will do amazing things. Uh, yeah. I had one young man who, who talked back to his mother. He said something to his mother and I didn't like it, but I had been working with him for a long time. I said, you go over there and hug your mother right now. I love it. <laughs> go hug your mother. And he went over there and hugged his mother and said he was yeah. sorry. I said, oh, that's wow. unacceptable, young man. I said, we don't talk back to your mother that way. Now go hug her. Yeah. Tell sorry. I love that. You, you have to have the hard conversations when yes. necessary so we don't fall into the entitlement trap with kids. Absolutely. But yeah, you celebrate them when they do well, but when they stuff up, they need to hear the same message yeah. that their parents are drilling into their head from an additional messenger. And when it comes from a loving mentor, something powerful happens and it will stick. And that's just how teens are conditioned. The teenagers are conditioned to not listen to teachers or their parents because it's, it's, it feels like a forced message. Right. Um, so when it comes from an influencer and a leader, they're like, oh, it makes sense. Well, like we've been telling you this for the last few years, but yes, of course, it does make sense. So yeah, it has to come from you as well. Uh, and I love too that you regard youth leaders as influencers. I know that oh, yeah. name, that word, that title is loaded in our culture because we think of influencers as people who are on Instagram and they're sporting new kicks and they're selling perfume and they're showing off mm. their new box of whatever they just got from the company. But yeah. man, youth leaders are influencers. You yeah. listening and you watching, you're an influencer. And these five mm. things here that these five heart checklists here are ways that you can influence kids and you are if you don't see yourself as an influencer man you are whether you whether you like it or not you yeah. are yeah no, you are it's like too late that's <laughs> too right exactly. too late and the one thing that i love to bring you know how to bring the faith to life if maybe this is something that i can talk about is please a lot of the time when i'm teaching religious education or spiritual instruction in the youth group a lot of the time the kids just don't understand why Jesus's message is actually so important. They don't, they don't think that it's high, of high importance. And I would, and I always kind of say to them, you know, the, one of the first motivational speakers in the world and the one that put out lyrical words was actually Jesus. Right. But when you think of, and I always do this, I would put um, 
Jesus on the board, like write down his name. And then I would say someone like Drake. And now, although in within to some extent, the context is very different and type of right. words being portrayed, mm. but the message, the underlying message after everything is being kind of expressed is connection is it's, it's love, it's relationship, it's emotion, it's storytelling. And when you draw that back into, you know, artists that they kind of connect with today, you just show them that it's the same message, but coming from a different messenger. And if someone was going to teach me all the successful tools and tips that I need to be successful and, and ideally, you know, make money one day, why wouldn't I take his advice? Why wouldn't I invest in that mentor? Even if it was free, like that's an abundance of knowledge that he's been giving out. So I say to them, I ask them that if someone is willing to mentor you for free and give you all the secrets to success, would you take it? They're like, yeah, of course. I said, well, that's what Jesus did in, in the Bible. Like the Bible is just one avenue of information that you can invest in. It doesn't mean that you'll get everything from it. You might take certain, certain scripture or certain lessons and be like, that sticks. And then you might grab another message from a different messenger and be like, oh, that sticks and just embed it all in your life. So yeah, I just try to kind of bring that a little bit more to life for them and show them that as we just spoken about, Jesus is an influencer. He's a motivational speaker. He, he's a, you know, these are his lyrics. These are the types of scripture that he's putting out. Pay attention, you know, right. and it kind of, they're like, Oh, I never really kind of saw it that way. I never really thought of that that way. Right. And um, yeah, they just need to kind of be pushed a little bit when it comes to that. Absolutely. Jesus dropping bars. That's what Jesus does. <laughs> so Jesus true. drops bars like Drake, but better. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly. But if you're watching and you're listening, clearly, you can tell that Lenita knows how to coach students. She knows how to coach adult leaders. Clearly, she can do that. But I want to know, Lenita, as we begin to, to, to kind of shift here, because I want youth leaders to be able to figure out how they can extend their reach once again, being an influencer, and I think that totally leads into this, is being an influencer. Once you understand that you are an influencer, simply by showing up, following the five on the heart list, right? If you do that, you're influencing. How did you know, or when did you discover maybe, is when you said, you know what? I've been a youth leader. I've been a PE teacher. But I think I can do even more if I step out in faith and I start this thing, you know, about youth and about coaching youth. And then when did you discover that was a, that was really like, wow, this, this could be a thing. Yeah. Uh, I love this. This gets me excited. So look at the time I didn't ha I had no clue at the time that it was happening, but looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like there were specific signs, you know, God was making room for me. I wish I kind of acted quicker on it. But at that time I was, so I was teaching full time in a school. And in the evenings, I was coaching basketball to kids. And then I was also working in my local church youth group. So my whole entire routine was youth. You know, I was yeah. very busy at that stage. And throughout every entire platform, there were a few pastoral incidents that were happening that were, you know, in terms of whether it's bullying or lack of self-confidence and mindset. There was just a lot of issues that were happening that needed a lot of attention. And so at that time, within the specific systems that I was in, I had a lot of parents privately approach me and ask me for additional support. And I would say, I'm sorry, my hands are tied. I need to report this to executives or I need to report this to, you know, the leader above me. And, and I did so, and I respected the system that I was in. And from that, I witnessed a lot of parents and young kids being lost in the system because they just weren't really being taken care of. And that wasn't a reflection of individuals. It was just a reflection of the system that they were in. And so parents would just come back to me and say, look, I really need some support. My kid loves being around you. You know, is there anything that you're doing outside that could be of benefit for us? And that's when it started to hit me. You know, this is something that I want to start doing. I started to do it a little bit in youth ministry, but I found that I didn't just want to be a volunteer my whole life. Like I needed to build a business so I can monetize and actually make a living. 
So I took, I packaged my teaching skills, my, my, from school and from my youth group. And I, then I started to package it into a coaching program. And then my first, my first uh, client, teenage client, uh, the parent asked me, how much do I charge? And I was like, sorry, like, I was like, sorry, what? And she's like, well, how much, like, how much do you charge? And that's when I knew, oh my gosh, this can be a business. You know, I didn't do it in the beginning to make money. I just tried, I just tried to kind of play around and tweak and see where it would take me. But then when a parent actually said, I will pay you, that's when I was like, I got to get down to business and actually build this. And once I started having a bit more clarity around that, I quit my full-time teaching role. Um, I continued youth group for a specific amount of time until I started training leaders to take over. And then I went all in with my coaching and speaking and that's where it brings me today. And so, and so you got, you started to get invited to, you, you started with just that parent conversation when did you, did you then approach schools? Because I know that youth pastors that are watching and listening saying, well, how do I do this? So many youth pastors, they want to show up to a school and just be, at least here in America, wish to be just, you know, the red carpet rolled out for them. And, yet many, <laughs> yeah. and let's be honest, many youth leaders uh, don't bring any value with them. They're more mm. there to take than to mm. give sometimes. They want to be with their kids or their students and they want the school to allow them to do that because they think they deserve it or whatever it is. But in reality, you are bringing value to the administration, to the school, to the parent. How does, because, and by the way, I, I don't know too many youth leaders who wouldn't like to make a few extra bucks uh, because we know that the church sometimes does not pay very well. It's a great, mm. I always like to say that being a youth pastor is a great job, but not necessarily a great career. <laughs> um, you, it's a great you want to do that look have a plan folks it's great in your 20s some of your 30s but around mid 30s you probably should go ahead and if you're not setting yourself up to do other things I am the poster child for that by the way I am I, I am the guy who stayed in it for 30 years and thinking well I'm just going to do this forever and I should have been wiser and I should I said well you know what I should, and that's when 10 years ago, I started doing some other things, but still, if you're watching and you're listening, and this is why Lenita's story is so important here, is that you can have influence beyond even your church, beyond those things, and start to create a career for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when did you start getting, when, did you invite, because I want youth pastors to understand this, could they approach a school and say, hey, I would like to offer myself to the school or to the, in, in doing a um, uh, speaking, you know, to, for a rally or for a, um, uh, what am I thinking? What's the word I'm thinking of for when students get together, a. Uh, oh, like an assembly. Assembly. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. so what could, how is, how does then a youth pastor change mindsets from, mm. I want to show up to get, be with my kids to, I want to be able to give value to the schools, to the administration, to teachers that I don't want to walk up and, and people have to, you know, bend over for me. I want to show up and say, look, I, I could do an assembly. How does that, how does that mindset switch from that mm. to, I want to be able to bring value to the, the school yeah. or the parents in the community around me? Great question. I think there's a few, there's a few factors. So number one, you're no longer just a, like, just another volunteer in the community. You have to step into the professional business mindset where you need to have something to show these, these principals or teachers before you can be hired to speak. They will judge you by, you know, they judge a book by its cover. You know, yeah. your influence will be heavily reflected on the marketing or the messaging that you're putting out there into the community, especially online. Because the first thing a teacher or the gatekeepers in the school will ask for is, do you have a website or do you have a video? Um, do you have a media kit? Like they will ask for certain things. Every school is different depending on your network as well. If you know someone in the school that will help your chances tremendously, but a lot of the time they, they are looking for professional speakers coming in and a lot, of, and most of the time they just need a specific, uh, process that they need to be taken through if you just think you're going to get a meeting straight off the bat you're not because executives are so busy 
So you need to go in with the expectation that you need to show them something and also take them through the process of actually learning what they want, asking them what are some key themes that you're, you're wanting leaders to, to speak on. Um, you know, what are the type of outcomes that you want us to hit for you? So when I approach schools, I'm coming from a teacher mindset because I know I'm talking to teachers. So thankfully, like as teachers, we know that. But a lot of youth speakers don't come from a school teaching background. So they don't know that they need to hit certain outcomes and certain messages to resonate with the teachers. So when it comes to forming your connections, you need to know it's all about give, 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 and then take. So you need to show them that you're aligning your services with what they really want, aligning it with their curriculum, aligning it with the connections they want to build within not only the school classrooms, but with the families as well. When you can show that connection, they'll be more open to actually bringing you in to speak. Um, and this is a matter of being persistent. You know, don't burn the bridges too early on. If you really are wanting to do this, make sure you have either a network in place and ideally some marketing tools in place to show them something before you reach out. You really don't want to burn the bridges. Fortunately enough, as youth leaders or youth pastors, you're already in a group. I would say leverage your work with youth. Take photos, record a demo video, showcase something before you reach out to a school because if they see nothing then they're just not going to really give you a time or day yeah, yeah. that's and it's so important that you said that because many youth leaders i think at least and i can maybe speak for myself that i we as a youth pastor you box yourself into the church and say okay we want people to come to us right mm. so we say come to us but we don't we don't learn how to stretch our influence to where, listen, youth pastors, if you're watching, listening, uh, you have a story to tell. You maybe were bullied in high school. Maybe you have an artistic ability. Maybe you can juggle and have a story. You have a skill and a story that go together, whether that's playing music, uh, whether that's you produce music, maybe you know how to uh, you know, uh, sing, whatever that may be. You can match your story and your skill, however that comes across or comes through, that you can, as Lenita says, you can go to the school and make a video of these things. I, I mean, I've told youth pastors for years, you need to go ahead and put yourself out there and say, listen, I can do more than just play games on a Wednesday night and teach kids how to yeah. stick, you know, an egg under their armpit and, you know, do or, <laughs> or play with toilet paper or... You know what I'm saying? You, you update yourself to the point mm. where you can say, look, I have something to offer my community. Besides, I know mm. how to play games and I know how to preach or I know how to you know, do a thing. That Take that skill and ability, like Lenita's saying, make the video. Make, a, make a, a little package, a little media kit that says, here's my story. Maybe you've gone through some things. God forbid, you, know, you should have gone through abuse or, or you've gone through some tragedy but you can bring that story to an assembly and give kids hope. And most schools will not you know, allow you to openly speak or, or preach the gospel or things like that. But uh, this is about stretching your influence. This is about kids mm. checking you out later on on Instagram. This is about kids uh, uh, connecting with you at the grocery store when they see you, that you can match a skill and your story and bring it into the school and say, hey guys, I was just like you when I was yeah. 15 years old. Yeah, I love that. And now they will make that connection to the faith themselves when they see you wearing a crucifix or when they look at your bio and you happen to be at a church youth group or a church event, they'll make that connection themselves. You don't even have to, you know, if you don't get the chance to preach the faith in your talks, you really don't have to because they, they will make that connection and they will say, he's a religious or spiritual man or, you know, she's a Catholic woman. She, they will know. They yeah. will know. Yeah, it's very powerful. What did Jesus say? Well, he says they will know us by our love mm, for yes. one another. Yes. Kids pick up on just like we were saying. Kids know when you love them. Kids yeah, know they do. when you're there for them and you're not telling mm. them a story to just get a reaction. You're telling them a story or your story because you want their lives to improve. 
and you connect yeah. with them because you want to see them go further or get over that challenge um, mm -hmm. that whatever it is they're going through, they're getting picked on. They don't think they're good enough. They can't, you know, they, they, they can't uh, get the lead in the play. They're not the star football player. They're not the, they're the outcast. They're the outlier They're And those kids need to hear those stories. If you've overcome that, why not bring it right? Why not bring it yeah. to and say, Hey, I, let me share with it on uh, with a with the non-religious context possibly and saying I can share this story at an assembly and I think it would benefit. Oh, and yes, you just reminded me of something, and I totally agree with that. When I was starting out, I knew my work with kids was great. I knew I was a phenomenal youth leader. I just knew that I, you know, put me in front of kids and I'll be sweet. I just I knew that, but I was like, why aren't I not getting booked? Why can't I get paid for this? And I why am I not being seen, you know, and it all came down to the business end. You know, if you are wanting to become a speaker or wanting to get in front of an audience or, or coaching clients, it only comes down to the attention that you generate for yourself and also the steps you put in place for a business to make this a career. That is the only difference between why a youth leader remains a youth leader or they transition into a business leader. Um, as a school teacher, I was fortunate enough to witness a lot of youth speakers coming to schools. And that's what I was like, oh, I'd love this. Like what, some of them were horrible. I was like, how did you get a gig? How did you get into this school? And, and it came down to their marketing call. They had phenomenal marketing. But as a speaker, I was like, man, I do so much more as a teacher and a youth leader, a youth pastor. Why can't I get booked? And I just had to learn the business. I had to learn the marketing and the sales and and the best, the best, sorry, the best doesn't win. The best known always wins. You need to generate attention. You need to get out from behind the scenes and you need to start, you know, evolving. Uh, exactly. And that's where you come in. This is where yes. Lenita comes in. People, listen to me, viewers, listeners. Uh, this is where Lenita can help you because tell these folks a little bit about, because you help youth leaders create youth businesses to get in front of kids to be able to stretch their influence to eventually share the gospel through your <laughs> social through whatever that is what kind of resources tell people what you do to help youth leaders be able to accomplish that yeah definitely so i have formed this this blueprint it's called the youth biz blueprint which is basically everything that i've packaged in my own youth business i've i've really taken out all the steps necessary and packaged it into this blueprint and i teach youth leaders the step-by-step -step process on how to you know launch your coaching programs whether it's launch your speaking programs but importantly build your personal branding and your relationships in the market and become the trusted leader in your niche and with, with my step-by-step -step, um, support, it comes in many ways. Now that comes through, you know, my free book that I'm gifting your audience today, which is the youth biz secrets, which is exciting. It also comes, my support comes through my Facebook community, the youth biz leaders, which mm -hmm. is that's phenomenal as well, which you're it already is fantastic. Aware of. I am a part of it. And I want to tell you, I get so much value from it. It's just great people. And Lenita does great videos and they're inspiring. It's good stuff. Thanks, Paul. It means a lot to me. So that's another way that I support my community. And then obviously, you know, the, the big players that really want to zone, like go all in and want to invest in their personal and business growth, I would take them through premium one-to-one -one coaching with me. And that's, that's the private support access if they do. But at the end of the day, I really build this community and handing out a lot of resources. So there's so much support out there. They just really need to show up and, and, you know, request, you know, when you ask, you will receive, you knock, the door will open and That's right. yeah, just really supporting leaders as much as I can. Cause I know there are phenomenal leaders playing behind the scenes. They just need to step out. And the second you step out is when God will make room for you. And these kids you get to access and, and help them so much more as well. So yeah, that's what I've got on offer. Yeah, well, please tell, and the website, did you say, I don't remember you saying the website. What's the, is there, the website address oh, is? So to get my free book, it's youthbizsecrets.com forward slash book. You can download the book there. 
um, and that will obviously take you to the community as well if that's what you're interested in. Um, and also, if you're looking for private support, you just go to youthbizblueprint.com and that will take you through to the coaching support and, and having access to myself and my team if that's what they're interested in as well. But overall, I just want to connect with the listeners, anyone that's really interested, come and hang out with us and they'll get to see what, yeah, what you and I get to see daily, Paul. That's right. And I'm, all this is going to be, if you're watching, uh, whether you're video or listening, uh, everything will be in the show notes uh, down in the, uh, the, the boxes there. You guys know where to go uh, on the page there to be on the web page, all that kind of good stuff. All the links will be there. Um, and Lindy, what a great conversation to have with you. I'm so appreciative of your time. Would you be willing to give one more piece of advice? Mm. And would you give some advice to those who are working with a hard student right now? They're, they're trying to be, they're, they're trying maybe to, they're trying some things, they're trying to do some things, but they're, they're having a hard time reaching that tough kid, whether they're busy or they're apathetic or they're negative or their heart has some, somehow gotten hardened because life has, and they're, they're struggling to kind of connect with that kid. What tip would you give to the youth leader watching, listening right now and saying, hey, you can, you can reach that kid. Let me give you something. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest advice I would say is show up, show up the way you really wanted when you were younger. Because when we were acting out or when we were misbehaving or being really tough to deal with it's because we needed the most support and we just didn't know how to express it so those that are playing up need you the most and if anything you know really back yourself with the type of results that you can get with these kids and and remember that this kid he, he or she don't hate you personally they're not they might just be struggling with something within their own life but stick it out and when you do get that win, that kid will give back tenfold to you because you never gave up on them. Oh, wow. Don't give mm. up on that kid. That's so fantastic. That's, and and mm. good news is nobody gave up on us. Yeah, oh, yeah. So true. That's why we so get to true. be here. And that's, that's, right. why you, that's why you, youth leader, that's why you're a youth leader. Nobody gave up on you. Don't give mm. up on that kid. Don't give up on yourself. Uh, listen, if you want to in, stretch your influence, like I said, beyond the church and create a career for yourself that is going to help you financially, uh, Lenita is going to be thrilled for you to go to the Facebook group, do all those things. And how deep you want to go, that is up to you, right? But I would encourage you, start thinking about how you can match your skills and your story and how can you bring that to a larger audience so that people will connect with you and eventually they're going to connect with Jesus because you were willing to step out and put those things out there. Lenita, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you uh, for uh, sharing with youth leaders and thank you so much for just doing what you're doing. Thank you for going out and, uh, and, and sharing the gospel and representing the gospel in powerful ways in schools and uh, sports teams and all that is going on there. And uh, we pray, we pray for much success for you and the work that you're doing there with teenagers. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for how you show up as well. And, and God bless you and your ministry and, and God bless all the listeners that have shown up and, and listened to us today as well. Wow. What a fantastic conversation with Lenita. Uh, and uh, guaranteed folks, I'm just telling you, Lenita is going to come back on the show. I have to have her come back on the show. Uh, her passion for young people is just unquestionable and it is unmatched. She's just doing a fantastic job. And I hope that you connect with her through her Facebook group, uh, through her uh, coaching business. If you're interested at all in extending your influence beyond the local church and say, look, I would like to take on a role maybe of being a youth coach in my area. Uh, I want to learn how to add value to the educational system around me, the school down the street. Uh, then Lenita is going to be able to help you to do that. So go ahead and down in the show notes, check out all her places you can find her and uh, and get plugged in with her. If nothing else, you'll at least be inspired uh, by a video she does and she just does a great job. And uh, if you're interested in extending your influence uh, to the local school and uh, maybe doing a assembly uh, and matching your skill with your story to inspire students and faculty. Uh, that's really uh, what she does best. She can help train you. She can help 
um, put you through the paces, help you get a focus, all that kind of good stuff. So go ahead and jump in there and uh, check out what she can offer you. All right, so that's it for today, guys. If you're brand spanking new here to the podcast, thank you so much for checking it out. Hope that you'll be back. Hit that subscribe button. That way you will get this in your inbox on a regular basis. And if you're a regular, thank you for uh, thank you for loaning me your ears for a little while. Hope that you were inspired today. And if you were, go ahead and leave a few stars and maybe review over there on iTunes. That helps the podcast be found. So that is it for today, guys. Appreciate you guys being here, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. You've been listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast with Paul Turner. Visit thediscipleproject.net to find out more about how you can join the ministry-minded coaching group for bi-monthly coaching sessions that will help you build a successful youth ministry. 